0: Hold on, people are tweeting at me already. Oh, look at that. It's friend of the show, Mary Beth Connor. Uh, is that your
1: friend of the show, Mary Beth Connor?
0: Uh, yes, she's not here. But no. here's friend of the show, Cindy Comp, interrupting.
1: Welcome to TechDown, the weekly podcast discussing technology and other nerd related topics. My name is Aaron Comp, and I'm joined by my brother, Adam. Adam, how are you doing this week?
0: I'm doing really good. How are you? Uh, I am great, actually. Hey, uh, how do I sound this week? You sound you sound really good. I switched up my routine. Really? What's different? I am drinking milk.
1: Uh, now that you mention it, you sound very phlegmy. No, good. I'm kidding. I was going for phlegmy. It's like you're speaking through yogurt or something. Mm,
0: yeah. The listeners will really like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got a milk mustache in your real mustache.
0: Yeah. So, if you are listening, you should tweet feedback on how good I sound with my milk drink.
1: Yep, tweet Adam at AdamComp on Twitter. Hashtag got milk.
0: This week's episode of TechDown is brought to you by milk. It does a body good.
1: All right, and then I'm going to shout out my sponsor also. All right, let's do it. I am uh, drinking a nice, cold. Labatt Blue that I just Ooh. pulled out of the freezer, so it's very frosty. Nice. Imported. All the way from Canada.
0: Yeah, wow. You love those Labatt Blues, don't you?
1: Oh, that's good blue.
0: So, so far the milk has really thrown things uh, off kilter.
1: Yeah, but you sound great.
0: Yeah, well, that's the important part. It's delicious. Um, And your beer is delicious. It's good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I'm also super excited because... This is a big episode for us.
1: Can you tell the listeners why?
0: Oh, yes, I can. This is episode number 42, which, as any fan of Douglas Adams knows, is a very important number because it is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. So
1: I've heard this before, but I'm a little unclear. What is the question?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right. I guess we're on the same page then.
0: So, but you've never read Hitchhiker's Guide, right?
1: No, but I have bought you a copy.
0: Did you? Yeah. I bought you for some paperbacks. Yeah. For Christmas. It was like the I five bought pack? you.
1: Yes, that's right. I bought you more than one Douglas Adams book.
0: Oh my gosh. That is so thoughtful of you. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to, my- Guide to the Galaxy is one of my favorite books of all time. And I've read it several times. It's been a while. Um... In preparation for this episode, I was thinking about how I should read it again, but I knew I would not do that in a week, so I uh, I didn't I didn't read it after. I mean, to be fair though, you
1: had more than a week. Like these episode numbers are sequential.
0: Yeah, but I only prepare one week at a time, so I only realized that episode forty two was coming up uh, last
1: week after forty one. After forty one <laughs> was over,
0: yeah. Okay, oh, that, that what episode so. number are we going to do next? Oh, it's, it's 42. <laughs> Weird how that works out. Um, but I thought in honor of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you will indulge me, I would love to read a couple of my favorite passages. Please do. And you can tell me if they if they hit, hit home for you. Uh, okay, so this first one is actually a passage that I think about all the time in my slash hour line of work with uh vis-a-vis technology and documentation and where to go to find things. Alright, so you got it? Yep. I, and I, I got these quotes off of a, a website of uh Hitchhiker's Guide passages and in the in the passage it doesn't list who the characters were but I think it's the main character, Ford Prefect and another character, possibly just a barfly shooting the shit a little bit. Which book did you say? This one is I believe in the first Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So, character A uh they're having a discussion about uh I think Ford's house was being uh demolished because a freeway was being built through it and he didn't know about it and he was complaining to uh no, he was complaining to somebody at City Hall, it wasn't a barfly. I'm I'm good at telling stories. Anyway, to, to the actual passage part, uh, the person at City Hall, I assume, says, But the plans were on display. Ford responds, On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar to find them. That's the display department. Ford responds, With a flashlight. Ah, well, the lights had probably gone. So had the stairs. But look, you found the notice, didn't you? Yes, said Arthur. Yes, I did. It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, beware of the leopard, which is a great passage. And I think about it all the time. Uh, I said, I think about it with a grudge to our work where it's like, Oh, the answer to your question is documented. You just have to go to the documentation website Go to page three, click on this link, and there's the answer to your question. And it's totally unintuitive, and uh, it always makes me think of this quote. And I wish that it was a a more tweetable length. Yeah. Because it's hard to, like, encapsulate the entire feeling without the entire passage.
1: But it sounds like you might be able to bust out a reference for that occasionally, too.
0: Yeah, I should say, oh... And the answer to which method you should call is locked in a filing cabinet in a disused lavatory. Um,
1: can I just say, this is a video podcast when we're recording it. We do this live on Skype. And right now I am just watching Adam Snake bitey just like go all over his tank. Like I've never seen such an energetic snake before. He likes the milk. He is like crawling all over. Yeah, must have saw that I had Jenga up here.
0: Yeah. He's a good snake. He's a, he's a fan of the show also.
1: It's I like the summer breaks because I get to see Bitey more when he's not at the classroom.
0: Right? I do, too. It's funny because he was my first pet, uh, and then Cindy took him away to be a classroom pet, and now I I get him back.
1: Yep. He's, like, just sticking straight up right now. That's so cool.
0: Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did did that first Hitchhiker's Guide uh, snippet make you want to read the book at all? Um. Yeah, I like the writing style. I wish
1: that... Um, we had a second performer to do, um, you know, the back and forth there. Yeah, y- You did a you did a great job for what you were given.
0: If we had more than a week to prepare, maybe I could have gotten a second performer to do the other lines. All right. Well, this quote is only one person, and it's going to knock you off your socks. I forget the context, so we're not going to worry about it. All right. Here goes. For instance, on the planet Earth, man had all... These quotes all, they, they like just start in the middle of... Like, with no context, it's hard to know what they're referencing, but, but it's okay. I think it kind of adds to things. For instance, on the planet Earth, man had always assumed that he was more intelligent than dolphins because he had achieved so much. The wheel, New York, wars, and so on. Whilst all the dolphins had ever done was muck about in the water, having a good time. But conversely, the dolphins had always believed that they were far more intelligent than man for precisely the same reasons. Ooh. It's another one that I think about frequently.
1: You know, that's interesting because I hadn't heard this exact passage, but I do know dolphins are referenced like more than once throughout the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think that it's an ongoing theme in the book that the three most intelligent species on the planet are man, dolphins, and mice, in that order. And the mice... The mice are, like, actually aliens. Maybe the dolphins are also. They come from another planet. It, it's it's a crazy book. <laughs> and I really wish that I had read it more recently so that I could speak more authoritatively about the topic. Um, but, like, uh, the mice end up tying in. I, I don't know. But, yeah, it's uh, ongoing. And, like, the dolphins end up leaving, and that's why they say so long and thanks for all the fish.
1: Yes, that's the line I have heard, attributed to dolphins.
0: Yes, yeah. But I like it a lot. A lot of the stuff that people make, eh, not really signs of intelligence. All right, one more to wrap it up, and then we can go. Yeah. Or uh, move on, or whatever. Or, or we could call it an episode.
1: Well, we'll start recording 43 after this.
0: Yeah. Just move right a, right along. Um, Let's see, what would be a good one to end on? All right, since this is going so well, I'll do a longer one, so indulge me. A towel, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy says, is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar, an interstellar hitchhiker can have. Partially, it has great practical value. You can wrap it around you for warmth as you bounce across the cold moons of Jaglon Beta. You can lie on it on the brilliant marble-sanded beaches of Santaragus 5 inhaling the heady sea vapors. You can sleep under it, beneath the stars which shine so readily on the desert world of Kakarfun. You can use it to sail a mini raft on the slow, heavy river, river moth. Wet it to use it in hand-to-hand combat. Wrap it around your head to ward off noxious fumes or avoid the gaze of the ravenous bug bladder, beast of trawl. Such a mind-bogglingly stupid animal, it assumes that If you can't see it, it can't see you. You can wave your towel in emergencies as a distress signal. And, of course, you can dry yourself off with it if it still seems to be clean enough.
1: That, that, uh, you can't see it if it can't see you thing took me a second, but really got me good.
0: Yeah, it's like a reverse Tyrannosaurus.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah. So, thank you for allowing me to indulge a little bit this has been nice
1: i would say my favorite thing about douglas as adam's writing style at least from what you've um shown off here is that he seems to be a really big fan of the non sequitur or at least like like you said you can take a quote of his like his work is heavily quotable you can take it and present it outside of context and it still reads really well
0: yes Exactly. I was thinking about reading in general and how it's been a while since I've actually read a book. Like, I used to read a book every couple of months in high school and college and shortly thereafter. And I've kind of stopped reading and I definitely miss it. And I was thinking about why I've stopped reading. And I think the reason is that now I have a smartphone. So I've got something else to do while I'm. Uh, Well, I'm pooping.
1: Wait, you think you read less now that you have a smartphone?
0: Well, I I mean books. Like, I I don't read novels.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, that particular type of writing. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely see that. It
0: used to be my, uh, my, my thinking activity. Pooping. But now I think and I read Twitter. So, that's it. So, maybe I should change my behavior if I miss reading. And I should not take my smartphone into the the bathroom, and I should have a book in there instead.
1: No, no, that doesn't sound right, because then you're just going to be wondering what's going on on Twitter. Um, I've had the same thought, though. I've recently gotten a little disappointed in myself for not reading as much. I actually started the year pretty strong. I got a couple of Christmas gifts that were books and started pretty far down uh, the road to reading Creativity, Inc., which I don't know if you've heard of.
0: I do want to read that.
1: Yeah, that book. Oh, it's so good. But I took a long hiatus on it, and then uh, only last couple weeks or so, like, went back and read a few more pages. But more recently, what I've been reading is actually the book that you got me for my birthday, um, which is, you might have to help me with the title, it's... Uh,
0: Revolution in the Valley.
1: That's the one, yes. The
0: insanely great story of how the Mac was created. I believe that's the subtext.
1: By Andy Hertzfield. And yes. And it is awesome. It's just, like, full to the brim of great Steve Jobs anecdotes. Yeah. Just kind of, like, a day-in-the-life sort of stories of working on the original Macintosh. And it's really trippy to read um, a story, from what I'll consider, like, the Bible in this case, that I've already heard, but, like, in a heavily diluted form. Like, it's kind of become, like, homespun knowledge almost like oh yeah Steve Jobs said this but here's like the story where that quote what came out of or like yeah. you've heard this before maybe even quoted it yourself like here's where Steve Jobs said it and that's just been like really uh really interesting and also it's like cool as a time capsule too seeing like uh uh the the technology of the of the day and like how the modern user interface like grew towards what it is now or at least what it you know became recognizable as then um and that is just so neat so i think i'm gonna once i finish this one which i'm like 100 pages 200 pages in i'll go back to creativity inc and then hopefully this will get the ball rolling because i got a couple others i need to clear out of my reading queue too
0: yeah you got gotta clear out the backlog yeah
1: I, the only other book i can think of reading in recent memory was the steve jobs autobiography which was kind of eh but I know that there was a, a supposedly a much better one that came out kind of recently, or at least about Apple oh, in general.
0: Man, you want to know how lazy I am i uh actually bought the audiobook of that one and started it and got distracted with podcasts. So I have a partially finished audiobook of the new becoming Steve Jobs.:
1: That's the one, yeah, becoming Steve Jobs. I also have Detroit in American Autopsy" by Charlie LeDuff who, uh, if you don't know, Charlie's awesome. He's been on Stephen Colbert's Colbert Report a couple times, was one of my favorite guests, and he's also a Detroit native talking about the city. Which city? The the city. The big city. Oh, the big
0: apple. Oh, New York, yes. Oh, no, the windy city. <laughs> the windy apple. <laughs> uh, well, good. I'm really glad that you're liking the book that I got you. I had forgotten about that.
1: I think I might have to move on to some Douglas Adams after uh, I've made my way through that. Yes. Just all these quotes about, um, about like uh, the galaxy and stars and different planets and cool alien, uh, alien life forms was, was really neat. And it actually um, was pretty timely, too, because in the last week there's been some really big space news. Do you know anything about the dwarf planet Pluto, Adam?
0: Is that its actual classification, it's a dwarf planet?
1: Yeah, it's not a real planet. It's like a lesser planet.
0: Are there any other dwarf planets, or is that the only one?
1: I think if we were to kind of, like, re-evaluate what's a planet and what's not, like, three or four of the ones we do consider planets, including Earth, would not be an actual planet. Like, Mars and I think Saturn, like, those are real big planets. Like, those are planets, you know? And they kind of look at the rest of the planets, like Pluto and Earth or whatever, like, they want to call themselves planets? No way. You guys are way smaller. You guys are dwarf planets.
0: Definitely. Uh, But Pluto is a dwarf planet because it's so far away. I don't know. But so we actually, we had the, uh, the new Horizons shuttle flew by it.
1: Yeah. And this is noteworthy because it's been like a decade in the making. We launched this thing from Earth. 10 years ago and it just now has gone to the outer realm of our solar system where the dwarf planet Pluto resides and was able to take awesome pictures of it like before now I, I think we've only been able to use the Hubble telescope and like get pretty good images of Pluto like blurry little blobs and now like in comparison it's night and day uh it's it's a pretty cool to see
0: dude I was looking at the pictures that were coming back of the surface and they, they're they cool. They look like a a planet's surface and whatever, and we haven't seen it before. And you've seen like the same picture of Pluto all over the internet for the past week or so, and it's really neat. But it really got me thinking about when I was in school in it, the science textbooks and how they had like really detailed pictures of all of the planets in our solar system because we had had satellites that had been to them and taken pictures and beamed them back. Um, but all of the photos of Pluto were really sketchy and it was like artist renderings and that sort of thing. And these photos that the new horizon shuttle is sending back to the planet and that we just saw over the past week, like those are what are going to be showing up in textbooks for decades to come. And that's what our kids or That's what Connor is going to see um, when he's growing up. And it's just insane for us to be able to remember a time before those photos had existed and then they came and now like now we just know what Pluto looks like
1: yeah and it is so far away too like just to illustrate I I heard this it's like an an afternoon trip at least yeah you might have (laughs) to book a couple days I heard an anecdote from Neil deGrasse Tyson that I thought was really cool and that's it took three days for astronauts from Earth to travel to the moon and it was um like pretty reasonably length. It took nine hours to blast new horizons from Earth past the moon. That's how fast and how far it was going. Like it has just been booking for ten years straight and just this week arrived seven thousand miles outside of the surface of Pluto. Which like at first glance you're right. Like I look at those uh, pictures and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's another planet. But, like, I don't know what it is. Like, just growing up in the in the age that I did, like, being surrounded by space travel, like, it, it took a little while for the significance of it to really, like, dawn on me. Like, this is unseen, like, a, a landscape that, like, human eyes have not seen before, like, in this level of clarity. And that's really, really neat.
0: And you know what else is really crazy is the photos that they are taking with uh, like the camera that the new horizon shuttle has it's like they're super high resolution and it's dozens of megapixels or whatever um it's not like they have a DSL connection wired to the shuttle they are y- using like a 4 kilobit per second transfer rate to get those photos back to the earth so there are actually more detailed photos that the shuttle has taken That are currently in transit back to us, but we're not going to have all of the data from them for, uh, I think that I've read weeks until all of the data actually gets here. And so there's essentially gigabytes of information that are stored in transit in space between the shuttle and us, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, and you, you're right. It's slower than dial-up connection. That's how uh, slow it is. It's like a really, really slight trickle of information that's going to be coming out. One of the NASA scientists said that it's basically going to be Christmas morning for the next year straight as they, like, yeah. every morning get these new photos and are able to stitch together, uh, like, larger composites. It's, yeah. it's so cool. Sorry to derail the conversation a little bit, but I wanted to throw that Pluto stuff out there. It seemed timely.
0: Hey, do you uh, remember dial-up internet?
1: Um, I are you old
0: enough to have gone through that?
1: Yeah, I remember the noise and
0: being the unable to.
1: Yeah, and being unable to talk on the phone and use the internet at the same time. But really, more than that, I just remember. Um, like waiting a solid minute for a jpeg to just like finish like it's progress down like uh you know filling in line by line and then okay okay there's finally the image like if i'm reading an online comic now click to the next page walk away and wait for the next one like, yeah. i i do definitely remember that very painfully
0: a jpeg in quotes
1: quote unquote, we, we all know what you're talking about jpegs
0: <laughs> jpegs hey do i still sound good
1: yeah, you sound you sound good. I see you're getting towards the bottom of your milk.
0: I'm almost out of milk.
1: Looks so good though, out of a glass. Ooh.
0: Yeah, you're regretting your beer decision. Right about this point.
1: I don't think I could go grab a milk after this. That would not be a good complimentary <laughs> drink.
0: <laughs> no, it would not. Now hold would on. Would not recommend.
1: Let me ask you about that milk, Adam. Okay. Whole, whole milk.
0: Two percent. Skim. Sir, let me tell you, I only drink whole milk, and I consider everything else to be cloudy water.
1: Man after my own heart.
0: I like it. You drink whole milk too? Yeah, I do. I actually, so up until six months ago, I actually had cereal every morning for breakfast. I I think breakfast is an important meal. You
1: did until six months ago.
0: It's still an important meal, but now I have oatmeal, which I don't use as much milk for, so I've actually been having less and less milk over the past six months. But I have some that's about to go bad, and that's why I'm drinking this milk.
1: Thrifty. I like that, too.
0: How's a good story. That's probably what people tune in for right there. The milk segue? Yeah. Well, this is why I'm drinking milk this episode. It was about to go bad. Slash maybe is going bad today. <laughs> So might actually be expired already.
1: Yeah, I don't believe them, what they put on that sell-by
0: date. Me neither. And that's just a sell-by date, right? It sold way before today. I'm yeah. just drinking it after that.
1: I think a good, a good smell test is all you need.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. As with many things in life.
1: I am pretty happy to hear that you're drinking so much milk recently because you've also been ramping up your exercising. Am I understanding that correctly?
0: Uh, Ramping up, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I have been uh, thinking about my exercise routine. Um, I got it in my head recently that I wanted to purchase a bicycle.
1: So that's with two wheels.
0: Yes. Not a tricycle. Did you ever watch the TV show Deadwood? No. Oh. There's a there's a scene where one of the characters is it's like in the old west and a character has a bicycle and he pronounces it like that. And uh it was pretty like everybody in the uh in the town was insane over this bicycle. Anyway, uh, do you have a bike?
1: So I recently acquired one from our mother's house. Yeah. I'm borrowing a bike.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: We have a younger brother whose name is Austin, and he is, um, I guess, not quite tall enough to use the mountain bike that I was lent for this summer. So he's using a different bike, and I am using this hand-me-down mountain bike, which may be my old one. I don't remember. Have you ridden it yet? Yes, I rode it once, but it wasn't a super great ride. It was fun getting back out there. I don't know.
0: Oh, didn't we talk about it? Yeah. It's
1: really hard to relearn how to ride a bicycle, so that took a little while. Yeah, but on that's the other hand, I've heard. yeah, my chain was uh is skipping like a link every now and then. So that was like a really uncomfortable feeling. So I don't know, I think some maintenance might have to be done there. Hopefully uh, yours is in better shape.
0: Yeah, so I my uh bike purchasing story. Uh, I'll I'll go back a little bit further than that. I haven't had a bike since college when I used a bike to get between buildings at Michigan State. And before that, in like high school, middle school, I had a bike and I would maybe ride my bike to school, that sort of thing. Um, but since college, I have gotten into exercising more and I run pretty regularly, maybe two or three times a week. And I do pretty good distances. I've ran marathons. I have ran half marathons, obstacle races, that sort of thing. Um, and last summer, our brother, friend of the show... Andrew, uh, brought a bike to our mother's house and he was just showing it off because he had gotten it recently and he got a six coup, what's called a six coup, which is a fixie bike. Have you heard this term at all? A fixie?
1: Neither of those.
0: So six coup is the brand. I don't know that many people have heard of them. Um, but a fixie is a bike that just has one gear. So when you pedal, the wheels move. If you stop pedaling, the wheels stop moving, and you brake. And it's really simple. There's no like there's no complexity with the gears. There's no weight with the gears. The frame is super super lightweight. It's a lot of fun to ride around on. Um, I I tested it out, and it really felt way different, and it seemed like a lot of fun. Um, and he liked it a lot. So. Ever since last summer, I've been thinking that I want a Fixie bike. And recently, I started doing a little bit more research and uh, picked out a Fixie bike on 6Q's website and was like, all right, that's a bike for me. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to love it. Everybody's saying it's so much fun. And then I thought about it for like five or six hours and decided that a Fixie, which is a street bike... Doesn't really make a lot of sense for me because I think a lot of my riding is going to be on a trail that is nearby, and I want something that's going to hold up better on a trail, and a street bike does not. So I had to change my mind and uh, not go with the Fixie.
1: I'm still with you.
0: Okay, good. So the Fixie, uh, another benefit of it is that it's relatively inexpensive. It costs about 200 bucks which a lot of bikes can be thousands of dollars. So that's a really good entry-level price, and I was going to be happy to pay it. But so I started looking online, and where do I go when I'm looking for things online? But to Amazon, of course. And uh, I looked at mountain bikes, because I'm going to be on the mountains slash trails, that had really good ratings on Amazon, and I saw a Schwinn Mountain bike that had dual shocks that had really good reviews that I was really pretty excited about and totally made up my mind. I was like, "This Schwinn, this is the bike for me. I'm gonna buy it." It's the Schwinner. It's the Schwinner. Yep. But then I thought about it for a couple of hours. I didn't pull the trigger immediately, and uh, and I talked myself out of it. I did a little bit more research online, and people didn't have very good things to say about. Uh Bikes purchased through certain channels, including Target and Walmart and Meyer and amazon and I thought that made a lot of sense um it like a lot of the materials seemed kind of cheaper, it seemed heavier um and like it, it was more expensive than the six that I wanted. It was three hundred bucks. I don't know if I said that. Um, But it was like all the parts were lower quality, and it just didn't really seem like uh, if I was actually going to get into this hobby that that's what I would want to go with.
1: Wasn't the right fit.
0: That's right. So back to the drawing board. I came across uh, a well-regarded website where you can get really good deals on bikes called BikesDirect.com and uh, did a bit of research and found the Motobacomb Phantom 29 Trail, which... Has actually really good parts. It Has really good reviews. I watched some videos online. Uh, it looks really good. It has a really had a really cool style. Um,
1: really cool name.
0: Really, yeah, right. Motobecam Phantom. Um, this one costs four hundred dollars. So each step of the way, gone up by uh, by a hundred bucks.
1: You could have two of those six screws right now. <laughs>
0: strapped him to my feet like roller skates. Yeah. So I thought about it and I was like, all right, I, I think this is what I'm going to go with. I actually ended up sleeping on it because I was doing most of my research yesterday. I, uh, this morning I talked to friend of the show, Dwayne Leininger, who as luck would have it is kind of a bike buff. He actually worked at a bike shop in a former life. And I sent him the link and he's like, that's a really good bike for a really good price. It like, according to, the website it retails for like a thousand dollars or nine hundred dollars or something like that, so it's a really good discount. He's like, These are good parts, I would recommend buying it. So I'm like, All right, I'm gonna pull the trigger. I go to the drop down and I'm like looking at the different sizes because I guess you got to pick out a size for your bike. Weird, right? Because I guess. Some bikes only work if you're really small or if you're really big. I don't know how it works.
1: 32, 34 would probably be mine then.
0: Uh, I think that's that's your pants size you're thinking of. Um, but so the only two sizes for the bike that I wanted were the extreme low end and the extreme high end bikes. Um, and I looked up the sizing chart for the extreme high end one to work with me. I, I should have a recommended height of like six. Three six four something like that and i'm five ten five eleven on a good day and the little one is like if you're five foot nothing something like that so mm-hmm. i was pretty disappointed um
1: is this story about to turn into an awesome birthday present for your six <laughs> three brother
0: <laughs> no oh you wish
1: oh okay never mind i
0: got you the book you're loving the book
1: but yes, yeah, that's true. I've already I already propped out the book. So don't make me feel bad about it.
0: Nah, no, I know. I I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, do I still sound good? I still sound okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah, all the yeah, all of that's cleared out of your mouth. You sound way better now.
0: I'm out of milk. I might have to go on a milk run soon. Anyway, all right. So the bike that I wanted sold out. I was like, this is stupid. I looked at the one that was a step above that slightly nicer parts. I did a little bit of research. Um, $100 more, <laughs> but it's available in the size that I like, and the styling looks good, and I looked at it. I didn't give myself the couple of hours to think about it. Pulled the trigger, bought it. Should be here in oh, a week to a week and a half, and this this is the Motocom Phantom 29 X4. The X4? Now, is this still for trails? This is for... Tra- yeah, these are all mountain bikes, these motorbike comms. Yeah, so the last one was the Phantom 29 Trail. This is the Phantom 29 X4. They're basically the same thing, except the X4 has, like, upgraded... Oh, I don't even know what some of these bike parts are called. Uh oh, derailleur. That's a, a term that I learned recently. I don't know. It's got the huh. Sh- Shimano derailleur which is Japanese, whereas the other one has one from a company in Chicago, SRAM. So, like, people are crazy about bikes, and I'm just kind of getting into it, but since I'm more active now, I think that I'm going to be getting a lot of use out of my bike. I've got some big plans, so I'm kind of happy that I splurged a little bit and got something that's going to last me for a while.
1: That's awesome. So, if you had it, you say it's going to be here next week. So, we haven't had a chance to ride it, right?
0: Nope, not yet. Hopefully, next week. If okay. I had gotten it from right. Amazon, it would have been two day shipping or something like that. So, that's one of the downsides of using Bikes Direct. But,
1: but they're a real channel for real bike riders. Sorry, the... cyclists.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. So, I'm pumped. Okay. I got you. All right. So, let me quiz you. Oh, my God. Does this bike have tassels coming off the handlebars?
0: No. That's going to have to be an aftermarket upgrade that I
1: add. It's not a deal breaker.
0: Also, the basket up front. No basket? Okay, what about the bell? The bell. So, uh, I actually might, and like I was joking about the tassels and the basket, I actually might add a bell because as a runner, I do appreciate it if somebody comes barreling up behind me uh, while I'm running, and rings the bell really quick to let me know that they're about to go past me, because otherwise it scares the boop out of me.
1: Yeah, that seems practical, actually. All so right, next one. I might actually one. get a bell.
0: What about a water bottle holder? Ah, I might make that upgrade also. I'm planning on doing some pretty big treks, like 10, 20 miles, that sort of thing, because the, the trail that's near me is huge. It is super long. Like You can go cities and cities on this thing. So, um, I'm assuming I'm going to want water. Probably. How about
1: a kickstand?
0: It's a good question. I, I don't think that like serious bikes come with kicks, kickstands.
1: Oh, I didn't see one in the pictures. Okay. Adam, sorry. I'm not a serious cyclist.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a serious cyclist now. Like,
1: I got a derailleur on my fixie, so I'm going to go run this trail real quick with my
0: blah, blah, blah. I, I think a kickstand really throws off your Shamaru derailleur.
1: I know what you're talking about, definitely. We've all been there.
0: So no, I'm going to have to throw my bike on the ground when I'm done with it, like an adult.
1: Or mount it to the top of your car.
0: Yeah, one of those two things. When I'm done using it, just put it on top of my car. Any more questions? Um what color dude it is i'll put a picture in the show notes it is awesome it is all black it is matte black also and the tires the inner rim of the tires is they are red so it looks oh, that really sweet. Sharp. Yeah, yeah that sounds really cool yeah
1: i also like that you got a darker color because you'll be out on the trails, so I assume it will be getting pretty dirty, and that'd be mm-hmm. frustrating if you got like a pearlescent white bike and keeps getting mudded up.
0: Yep. So I'm excited about my bike, man.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to hear some first-hand impressions.
0: Yeah, hopefully I don't. I was actually looking up serious trails with like like trees and rocks and Ramps. cliffs, and yeah, jumps that sort of thing. And there are some of those that are nearby. And it looks really appealing, but I know if I do that for long enough, I'm bound to break myself. So
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Hopefully that doesn't
0: happen. So that's what I'm excited about. Aaron, what are you excited about lately?
1: Okay. So for the past, I'll say 72 hours, I have been intensely obsessed with one thing, Adam. What's that? That is the game Rocket League for PS4. This is actually a game that's free if you are a PlayStation Plus member, which you, if you are not, you should definitely be because this game is awesome. It is essentially soccer, it takes place on a soccer pitch, only it's uh, two teams controlled, or two teams control robot cars. So you're driving around and you're using boosts and jumps to knock a giant soccer ball into the opponent's goal. And that is basically the entire game. It's deceptively simple. It's one of those easy-to-pick-up, hard-to-master type of games where it requires a bit of dexterity to jump and then spin in the correct direction to knock the ball in uh, the direction you want. And it is ridiculously fun. And I'd also like to brag I'm getting pretty good at it. So if you are a Rocket League uh, player, and you're interested in challenging me, my PlayStation ID is Aaron Comp, and I would love to play this with some people. Adam straight up refuses to entertain my ideas of him getting a PlayStation 4, so I'm I'm looking for some fresh competition.
0: Yes. Please friend up Aaron so he gets off my back. Hey, so uh, is this like five-on-five five, uh, car soccer?
1: There's a few different game modes. I think there's three-on-three three and two-verse-two, and then... Oh, there's also one on one, but I don't play that.
0: And are these always human teammates
1: and opponents? I there is a computer mode if you wanted to play offline. Yeah, but, but yeah,
0: yeah. But the serious rocket leakers they play uh, with humans.
1: Yes, yes, we so do.
0: It's kind of like a MOBA, except uh, not really at all. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it also takes place on a soccer pitch with cars and. Yeah. Can
0: you chat with the people on your team?
1: So it's more like Hearthstone in that respect, where I think there's a couple canned options, and maybe PC players you can like honk your
0: horn. Oh, you know, you I can go
1: beep beep. I don't know if there is a horn. I what? That would be. I need to look into that because there could be some definite horn harassment.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's it could be like Journey. You can be yes. very expressive just with that little beat.
1: Which is a birthday miracle actually comes out tomorrow. So I am super excited about Journey 2. I actually did a, a purchased it during a PlayStation 3 flash sale like 2 years ago. Keep in mind I did not own a PlayStation 3, just on the off chance that they would uh do the cross-buy functionality and as luck would turn out, they did. So I get it for free um tomorrow, which I am Really excited for it. Definitely my favorite PS3 game. Hmm. Did you ever play Journey? Yeah. You did? I played it multiple times. Yeah, you had a PlayStation 3. That's
0: right. Yeah, I still have it. It's really good. Uh, So, uh, Rocket League, you you also said that Mary Beth has been playing it?
1: Dude, right before we got on the mic, I was blowing off some steam playing a couple rounds, and Mary Beth got the last one before we uh, turned off the system, and she had this clutch uh, bicycle kick, It was, and let me set up the scene. There was, like, 20 seconds left in this game, and it was 2-3. Mary Beth's team was down. Her teammate scores a goal with 20 seconds left, so it's 3-3, and it's like a nail-biter. It's super close. And Mary Beth winds up and takes a bicycle hit that, like, smacks it into the goal, and it rolls in with three seconds left, so her team's up 4-3. And we just go nuts, like, just, like, cheering and uh, high-fiving like she seemed so happy it was uh it's it's funny because it's one of those games that like definitely gets its hooks into you and you're like oh yeah i'll do one more round like that was fun and they go fast and then it's like two hours later three hours later and you're like oh, i need to eat dinner or something i need (laughs) to do something else (laughs) how
0: long are these rounds i think they are five minutes three minutes see that actually seems like a really good game for me like, something that you could pick it up and knock out a couple of games in a short amount of time, and then you're done with it.
1: Yeah. And Mary Beth is not the most advanced gamer ever. Like, I would definitely say this is in the casual gamer wheelhouse, like, where I say it's easy to pick up, and then the mechanics just take a long time to, like, get get the hang of, so the, like, you're pressing the combination, button combinations at the right time, and you're, yeah. you know, getting the hang of how the cars move around, so... There's a big reward when you pull off a giant trick, especially like she did, like at the most clutch time.
0: Yeah, there's a depth to it.
1: Yes, exactly. That actually,
0: that that sounds really appealing. I, I did a little bit of research after you... Oh, so the first time I heard about Rocket League actually was a Reddit thread earlier today where somebody was asking what's something that is going to blow up in the near future. And somebody said Rocket League. And I looked at it and I'm like... I have no idea what that is, and just went on to uh, other threads, and then we were talking about topics for the show today, and you're like, "I'd love to talk about Rocket League," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I guess, uh, I guess that is going to blow up." Yeah, yeah. Aaron is a tastemaker with regards to that.
1: Yeah, my my buddy Scott played this game like a couple years back. There was a this is a sequel to another game which had a ridiculously difficult title to remember. Is like super powered acrobatic rocket cars something like that like something that just doesn't casually roll off the tongue and i think changing the name to rocket league uh made a big difference also putting it up on playstation plus for free like instantly gave them like two million downloads something like that so it, it was it was a smart move i'd say
0: and it's also really smart because it's for playstation what playstation 3 and 4 you said
1: it's for PlayStation 4 and then also Windows.
0: Yeah, but but if you get it on PlayStation 4 and you're like a PlayStation Plus member, you get it for free, whatever. But it's 20 bucks on Windows. So it's actually a pretty good marketing strategy, I think, because if we're in a situation like you and I are in, you're playing it, having the time of your life. I don't have a PlayStation 4. I got to pony up the money for uh, the PC version. Now, it yes. just so happens I also don't have a PC, I, and I I don't like running boot camp or uh, gaming through emulation, so I'm going to have to wait for the Mac version in order to be able to play it. But according to the developer, that is something that is forthcoming, so something to look forward to. Hell yeah, man. Um. Also, I just got to ask, can you make yourself jump in this game? Yes, yeah. There is a a jump button, and is there also like a flip button?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a jump button, and then while you're in the air, you move the analog sticks go in a certain direction. There's also a double jump button, so to give yourself like a course correction kind of thing. And then if you jump after boosting, you go way faster and you hit the ball way harder. Hmm.
0: It sounds really good. It sounds right up my alley.
1: Definitely. You just, I just got a second controller also, so next time you're over, we'll definitely have to play some couch co-op.
0: Absolutely. Um, ooh. We'll have to talk about it off air, but we might have a job to do on Sunday that necessitates me coming to your neck of the woods. Maybe I can play then. Uh-oh. <laughs> An armed robbery, of course, is what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I would love Let's to play stop. some Rocket League after
1: that. That'd yeah, be great.
0: <laughs> you said you like to blow off some steam by playing this game. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else about Rocket League?
1: Um. No, I am good on Rocket League. I think. In fact, that is the only thing that might prevent this episode from going out in a timely manner.
0: <laughs> That's a sign of a good game. If it delays your podcast release, your commitments. Yeah. Um. Do you want to talk about iPods or do you want to skip that?
1: I think we can talk about it. It it should go pretty quick, right? All
0: right. Lightning round. iPods.
1: Lightning round. So earlier this week, Apple uh, put up the sticky in their store on the website, which means that new stuff is coming. And sure enough, there were new iPod touches. And I think maybe the other line of iPods uh, in the store on Tuesday once it refreshed. Um... And these iPods are kind of interesting. I say kind of because they're not like a huge break from what we've seen previously. There was minor updates, I think, in like 2014 and 2013 for the iPod Touches, but they really were just um, changing the, the color from silver to space gray, something like that. This original iPod Touch design came out in 2012, so it's actually been really long overdue. Is that Mary Beth? Yeah, sneaking around.
0: Tell her I'm out of milk.
1: <laughs> Hashtag no milk. Yeah. Yeah, so there there's new iPod touches. I don't I don't know. It's Are you kind of get interesting.
0: One? Are you excited?
1: I don't think so. I actually am in the position where I have enough test devices that I'm not, you know, answering for a new one. But I definitely think that fills a role for certain people. Like if they don't want to use their iPhone, they'd much rather, you know pay up $200 and get this top of the line iPod touch and then use that for development stuff either.
0: Yeah. Uh, How how about you? So, you know, I don't think that I'm going to get one. Maybe as a test device. Um, I'm a little bit regretting having iOS 9 on my daily driver phone, just a little bit. Um, And it would be nice to have hardware to do beta development against without having to do this upgrade um that being said i think that these ipods are super impressive they're basically iphone 6s just in a smaller package with with a four inch screen and you get them starting at two hundred dollars so while it might not be the sort of device that i want for my uses um except for maybe a test device um, I, I definitely see these selling a, a lot. They really seem really impressive, especially as like a gaming device for kids. Yeah, it's like a gateway drug. Like yeah, like hook them on Joe Camel.
1: Yeah, you get them on the cool like
0: oh you know look at me I'm blue I'm I am blue i am i am you know a friendly
1: iPod and the next thing you know they got an iPod Mini and an iPhone Six Plus and an Apple Watch and yeah no money yeah exactly it happens. Do you think this is interesting because the last iPod Touch revision, it only shipped with an i5 processor, which if if you're a nerd uh, at home, you might know that that is the processor that shipped in the iPhone 4S. So the difference between the old iPod Touch and the new one from a CPU standpoint is actually really, really significant. Like this one's way faster. It's got more RAM also. I think the weirdest thing about it, though, it went from an A5 to an A8, by the way. This is the first 64-bit iOS device to not have Touch ID, if, if I'm correct, which I mm-hmm. thought was a bit of an eyebrow raiser. I'm surprised they didn't go across the line with Touch ID.
0: Yeah, interesting. It would be similar to Apple releasing a non-retina device. Like, it's just something that you expect to be on all their hardware now. In fact, I didn't even, like, I just assumed that it came with Touch ID.
1: Right? I think that's really interesting. Like, of course, it has the M8 motion coprocessor, so you could do health-related things, like go on a run with it, but you couldn't use your thumbprint to to buy something from the App Store or to authenticate a third-party app, which is, I guess, a little bit disappointing, but if you're getting an iPod Touch, I assume, like you said, it's your introductory iOS device, so you don't really know what you're missing out on, maybe.
0: Yeah, and also, if you're buying it for your kids, you might not want them to have that Touch ID so that it would be too easy for them to make purchases. Yeah,
1: got to add them to your family plan.
0: That is actually, oh, I am so smart. Because either you activate Touch ID, and then they are able to unlock the device with their thumb and also able to make purchases. Unless maybe there's a setting you can toggle. I don't know. Or you just don't include it and you always have to enter your password. Or maybe you don't lock yourself out and need the thumbprint in order to unlock the device. I take it back. I'm not smart.
1: Good try, though. Good try.
0: Anyway, uh, iPod Touch. One last thing. What is the over-under? Or I'll do the over-under because I've thought about it. I'm going to do the over-under at three years for a new iPod Touch to be released from Apple. like an upgrade like this where the internals are upgraded not like oh there's a different hard drive size or different colors like mm. a like a real upgrade do you take the over or the under
1: i am going to say i don't know how to fit this into over under i'm going to say this is the last major product revision for the ipod touch before it's completely phased out
0: really oh interesting yeah i so don't I guess, think we're
1: gonna see any more.
0: i guess over you take the uh, way yeah, over yeah way over <laughs> jeez i gotta put the over under at 10 years and you'd still take the over
1: Pretty much, yeah. I I mean, maybe we'll see like a smaller update again to you know get get the color palette in line with whatever next year's uh, phones are you know colored. But I even that I think is kind of a stretch. I would not be surprised to not see another iPod Touch revision. Huh. Okay. They they've already stopped including it in their earnings, so it's they they couldn't be doing a better job of proving my point.
0: All right. We will see. Bold prediction. Let's see if it pays off for him.
1: Tune in next week to find, yep. well, probably not. Keep tuning in and we'll eventually let you know.
0: Yep. I wonder how many predictions we've made on this podcast that we will never follow up on. It's probably in the dozens.
1: Is that what we should start doing? Like we're, we're coming really close to a year. I think September or late August will be one year of tech down. So maybe we should start revisiting the episodes from a year ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I bet they are terrible. And hey, what's the over-under on the number of predictions that you think that we've neglected, that we've made on the show and then not referenced again?
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say that didn't pan out because that's, that's almost all of them. <laughs> <I'd say. laughs> I think we probably remember the ones that worked out. Yeah, probably 10. 10? Yep, it's just 10. a safe number. Yeah, let's go with 10.
0: Okay, 10 is, 10 is the over-under. We will follow up. <laughs> Probably never about uh, what the actual number is.
1: So did you happen to listen to the newer, uh, newest Accidental Tech podcast about the iPod Touch? Yes, sir. So I thought something that was interesting was Marco's observation that they're kind of keeping around the 4-inch form factor. So maybe this is a bit of a hint that we could see a 4-inch phone coming uh, in September. What you have any thoughts on that? What do you think?
0: I think that the two things are not related.
1: Do you? Would you go with a four inch phone if it was top of the line came out in September as opposed to the, the 4.7 or 5.5? I guess I would have to see it. Maybe. I would think about it. Because you remember a year ago, all the tech bloggers were, were saying how much they enjoyed this particular size being the four inch and how it was Explicitly designed to perfectly fit into the human hand and move, you know, three fourths across the screen, and then Apple blew that away and came out with different form factors. But yeah. it seems like a lot of those those uh, tech journalists have just moved on and adapted and found new pros and cons with their new devices. I actually don't think there would be too many people who go back to a four-inch form factor.
0: So it's weird because the first time you saw a six, you're like, oh my god, this phone is huge. And then a day goes by and you're like, oh, this is kind of nice. And then you look at your four inch phone the next day and you're like, I can't believe I ever use that little postage stamp to yep. text people. Yeah. But it just goes to show that you can get used to anything. Like you could just as easily, I think, go back to a four inch phone, get used to it in 24 hours again and live your life not really caring that there are some people in the world who have even bigger phones.
1: You think so? I think yep. with iOS 7 and iOS 8, these things have started getting designed around the fact that these screens are very large now. Like, And, and you've even seen in the older app switching uh, model, it seemed to work better across the line of devices, whereas now it seems to work best on iPad because that's where you have the most screen real estate. Like, It looks a little cramped on a uh, an iPhone 6 even. Uh, so that's one thing that sticks out to me that Maybe doesn't work or doesn't look so great on like an iPhone 4 or 4S, something like that.
0: Yeah, and I will say as a developer, I do hate caring about the designs of the four-inch screen. Like it's always an afterthought for me when I'm when I'm doing a layout. I'm like, all right, I know this is going to have to work on four inches eventually somehow. I'm gonna have to remove some elements or shrink some shit and play around with constraints, um, and then. I don't really worry about it until somebody actually tests it on that device, and I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to go play with auto Layout a bit. So I, I don't know. Gun to my head, I would have to say I'll, I would stick with the 4.7-inch screen, but I could definitely see myself going back. But maybe you're right. Maybe not a lot of people would do that.
1: Yeah, I would be surprised.
0: All right, lightning round over? I think so. Cool. Let's wrap it up. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you online?
1: So I have a website. It is AaronComp.com, and I'm also on Twitter, at AaronComp. How about you?
0: I also have a website that I never update, even though I say I'm going to. It is AdamComp.com. You can go there basically any day and see the exact same content that was always there. Um, I also post to twitter which i actually post to um maybe every day and that is at adam comp on twitter and that is probably the best way to find out what i'm thinking at any given time all right is that a show i think so good episode 42